Good morning, good afternoon, good evening uh, from wherever you are listening to uh, the next in the series of our podcasts. Today we are discussing, although are we discussing if it's just me talking and you listening? It's like a really uh, one-sided discussion. These are the sort of discussions I used to have with my mum, uh, but she used to do all the talking and I obviously was the compliant young man that used to do all the listening. Um, so we're going to talk about the power of action today. It's a big one. Huge, huge, huge. There's a massive misconception around action and also uh, the understanding that building and working that muscle that helps you take action is actually one of the healthiest habits that you can have, both in your professional life and in your personal life as well. You know, it's just no one wants to be the dweller or the great reflector or the not doer. Um, so let's talk about the healthy habit of the power of action. Well, we actually live in a naturally risk-adverse world. Um, you know, think about some of the things. So um, think about things that are in our world today. Um, there's the fear of standing out. Uh, I don't want to be, what's the old expression? Don't want to raise my head above the parapet. So naturally, being compliant or more um, placid or certainly more of a backseater, no risk of that, right? No risk of standing out, no risk of banging your head above the parapet, no risk of being that person that uh, gets his head shot off or her head shot off or their head shot off. Um, we're scared of being someone that bucks the trend. We're scared of failing. It's the worst thing to be scared of in the world. Uh, but we are, aren't we? Do you remember that little voice in the back of your head that's always like, oh, don't do it. What if it goes wrong? And uh, what we do is we sort of demonize that voice and it becomes really dramatic. If you do this, both of your legs are guaranteed to drop off and your girlfriend's going to leave you and your car's going to explode and, you know, your chimney's going to fall on your dad's head. All of these things are what our internal voice does to us, that dramatic internal voice. There's also this, you know, part of our risk-averse world is the voice that's telling us it's not the right time. It's not the right time to do that. That now isn't, now isn't the time. Well, if now isn't the time, when is the time? It's just the time is now. Let's get it done. Uh, so we live in a risk-averse world where, you know, people are worried about standing out. You don't want to be someone that bucks the trend. You're scared of failing. That's not the right time. And people have this craving for the spread of accountability. And you'll see what I mean in a minute. So in this naturally risk-averse world that we live in, and bearing in mind as humans, we're obviously built to be risk-averse, right? Uh, and anyone who hasn't read the book, The Chimp Paradox, get into that because uh, that's your fight or flight uh, mechanism in your brain, which either says you're gonna stand there and stand your ground or you're gonna run away and save your life. Uh, and unfortunately, when taking action or taking big decisions, nine times out of 10, we go for the, oh my God, let's run away uh, because we're a bit scared of it. So in this risk averse world, we actually build systems that feed that shit. So think of the person who wanted to spread accountability. So what do we do? We commit, we commit, just made a new word up, check it. Uh, we actually create committees. So what happens is to make 
making that decision easier, we get six other people that are also not decision makers in a room and we mull over an idea until what was originally a diamond is now like this flaccid lump of dead carcass of an idea. And then we agree, let's do that, yay. Uh, and what that means is that now the decision is on eight of our shoulders because if ever it went wrong, well, Billy agreed with me and so did Johnny and blah, blah, blah. So all of these people suddenly start, um, <laughs> you know, start agreeing with you because that uh, decision by committee means that it's a little bit easier, isn't it? The, the problem with stuff like this is, you know, if you work in a business, whether it's big or small, decisions by committee one, dilute the original idea or action because guaranteed everyone's going to have a view on it, right? Everyone's a foodie nowadays. Everyone's got an opinion on it nowadays. Everyone's got this nowadays. But if it was your action, you should own it and just get it done. And also, it's like turning an oil tanker. You know, it just takes ages because guaranteed it goes from one committee to another committee to another committee to a sign-off committee. When you just got to run those numbers again, then it's another committee. You know, one of the other things, the other systems that we build to feed this shit is we sort of reward compliance rather than creativity. Big companies are hugely popular at that. And certainly in middle management. So uh, what they want is, to, is one sort of head nodding compliant people rather than someone who's willing to look at making a difference and a change. So it's just another example of a system that we build that um, kind of stoves away some of the excitement we're also warned off failure. So whatever mechanism your business have or you have or your processes have, uh, that could be your end of year review, your mid year review, that could be one of those sort of things where, um, you know, I don't wanna do that in case it fucks up my bonus. I don't wanna do that just in case it fucks up my end of year review. I don't wanna do that in case my boss thinks I'm a dick. I don't wanna do that. So, you know, we start to sort of build all of these reasons why if we fail, it's gonna be a bad thing. And then we sort of hold above our own heads, or, or maybe our boss has in the past, your review, your bonus, your promotion. So we want compliant people. And then we build standards like SOPs or operating processes or committee processes that kind of reward you following the standards, losing some creativity and personality. And you know it becomes really, really unhealthy. So not only do we naturally live in a risk-averse world, because we as humans are naturally risk-averse, we then create systems that feed that shit to make us feel more risk-averse, uh, and it kind of inhibits everything, professionally and personally. That paralysis of over-analysis is absolutely what's wrong with so many businesses, is absolutely what's wrong with so many great ideas, and it's absolutely what you're doing wrong instead of taking action. So what we try and do is we try and feed these unhealthy behaviors. So we feed that we're in a risk averse world, we've got these processes. So we sort of, I don't know, we kind of harmonize with that. So it's like, okay, no, this is just how it is. This is just how business is. This is just how life is. This is just how it works. You know, paralysis of analysis is just all part of that. Let's go to another committee meeting. Let's write another paper. Let's totally suck the soul out of any enjoyment we actually get out of life and feed those unhealthy behaviors. So imagine, imagine something crazy. Woo! We live in a world where we flip that on its head and we actually make action more important 
than that paralysis of decision making. So action is the king. So, you know, if you dwell on an action too long before you take it, nine times out of ten you miss your chance to roll it out. Nine times out of ten someone beats you to do it. Or nine times out of ten you just lose your balls. So, and this might have happened to you. And if it has, uh, please let me know because it makes me feel a lot better knowing that maybe I'm not the only person that suffers from these. But picture the scene. You're sat in a meeting of your peers. Your boss is running the meeting. And you're talking about ideas about some sort of change. So you're sat there and you're mulling it over and you're in a good space and you're like, oh, I tell you what, this, this, this X idea seems amazing. But then that little voice kicks in and says, shh, you don't want to say that. That's bad. So you don't say it. And then what do you know? Three or four minutes later, someone from around the room who's got the minerals says it. And everyone's like, that's the best idea we've ever had. Wow, amazing. And all you do is you sit there and you think, I wish I had said it. Why did I not say anything? Oh, my God. And you get really frustrated and you say the famous line, which is, I was just thinking that. Of course, we all know that if you say that line, chances are you weren't just thinking that. So let me know if you've had that. But that's a good example, right? It's a good example where you sit in the meeting and what stops you verbalizing that great idea or that action is your inner demon voice. It's a crap idea. You're going to be laughed at. People are going to think you're a dick. Don't do that. It's not going to work. Blah, 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 blah. Negative, negative, negative. So you don't, you don't end up saying it. You miss the opportunity and someone else becomes the hero. You stay the zero. So my advice here, and one of the things that I really want you to embrace is look at productivity before perfection. So let's get the ball rolling now. Let's start the journey now. Let's start the action now. Let's get it started. Because as soon as it started, it starts to gain traction, it starts to evolve and starts to work. Trust me, even after the refined thinking of 500 committee meetings, 20 rewritten rewritten papers, all of these other things that you have to go through until you're left with this soulless carcass of an idea before you launch it, or you just getting up and launching it, both of those actions will still need refining once they're launched. Because the committee won't have it right, never does, because too many people involved, too many cooks. You won't have it right because you are going for productivity before perfection. So both of those things will evolve on the journey. The difference is one of them gets to evolve on the journey today and one of them gets to evolve along the journey sometime in the next three months, maybe possibly if someone signed it off. So think of that genuinely. And you've seen it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. You have the choice now to get action started today and evolve. Or you wait, committeeize it. Four months later, you're still evolving it. I would rather be the person that got it started today. Honestly, you're going to need to evolve it. So get brave and get it done. If we kind of flip all of our thinking to be a little bit more action orientated, imagine the greatness that that would bring to our lives. So a good example is that I'm a runner, for those who know. Um, 
I'm not the fastest. Uh, I'm bloody tall, which means that I've got a good stride. So uh, as long as I run with short people, uh, I always look like I'm doing better than that. But uh, I got told many years ago when I first started running um, that the hardest thing to do about running is lacing your shoes up. And it really is. So if you, I like to run in the morning. So you get up. Uh, chances are if you're feeling a bit grim from the night before, feeling a bit low in confidence, you'll go to bed convincing yourself you'll only do 5K, not 10K. That, let's not run up the hill. Let's run round the hill. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe I'll see how I feel in the morning if I've had enough sleep. You've never had enough sleep. I guarantee you, no one's ever had enough sleep. I think the last time I had enough sleep is either I was a fetus or I was a teenager. Uh, certainly don't get enough now. So you wake up in the morning and you're a bit tired and you could quite easily lay in bed and pacify yourself that you're not going to do a run today. I'm not going to do it. It's too cold. I'm not going to do it. It's too, I'm too tired. I'm not going to do it. I'm not feeling that great. I'm not going to... Oh, okay, I will do it. Let's get into it. I'll do five uh, and I'll go around the hill, not over the hill. I'm not going to do 10 today. And what happens is that you lace your shoes up and you go out half-heartedly within the first... Uh, for me, it's the first sort of 10 minutes and then the buzz kicks in and then I'm ready then I'm unstoppable but you come back to the house I come back to your house after you started your run and you've only done the 5k and you run round the bloody hill not over it well the only person you've actually lied to is you isn't it the only person you've actually deceived is you and it's that bloody voice in your head that is giving you those instructions it's so self-limiting professionally and personally they're so self-limiting so in this example I could have done the 10k and I could have gone over the hill but I didn't so I spent all day feeling shit about myself because I didn't do it I mean the positive is the next day I did but because I listened to the voice and it inhibited me taking action and the only person who ended up feeling bad out of that was actually me I mean, let's think of the very worst thing that comes with being more action-orientated. You learn more. Oh my God, that sounds terrible. You make more mistakes, so you learn even more. Well, that's really true. You know, we already talked about, you know, you fail. You're going to fail more often if you're action-orientated. Um, and that's true. It is. That's just one of those things. You are going to fail more. But failing more is learning more. And that honestly shapes you so much as a person and so much as a leader that yeah I would take failing more to learn more it's bitter at the time and of course you know when you fail more chances are you'll drink a lot more Heineken but you know everyone needs their thing right so what else were some of the benefits of being action orientated you're seen as engaged and driven doesn't seem so bad you do more seems good you feel more because you're doing more. Yeah, okay, so far so good. You personally experience more because you're feeling more doing more, you're engaged and driven and you're making more stakes and learning. You can beat the market and competitors to the market. You can beat your competition. You can have a lot more fun. You don't have to go to those shitty committee meetings. Yay, no more committee meetings. So, if you think about it, Taking action isn't actually a bad thing. The hardest thing about taking action is convincing yourself that it's the right action to take. Having faith. Believing in yourself. One of my podcasts in this series 
It's called Trust Over Fear. Now, if you haven't listened to it already, please go and listen to it. Um, I think you'll really like it. And I think you have to, you know, always accept the fact that any action that you do, whether it's personally or professionally, comes from a place of good intention. You know, unless you're a real asshole, right? And if you are, please stop listening because uh, I'm going to talk about you now. But, you know, nine times out of ten, or 9.999 times out of ten, people who've got ideas at work or at home, you know, these are ideas that are trying to make it better, trying to improve it. These are ideas that are coming from good intentions. And do you know what? I would take someone with good intentions who really wanted to make a difference, like that little Andrex puppy bouncing around, weeing on the floor everywhere, but really trying, really, I want that little puppy, I want that person to be trying so hard and taking those actions. So, you actually have a choice. You have a choice this week to take more action. Do something you wouldn't have done. Jump into something you wouldn't normally do. Do what you've been putting off to do. Unless it's like mowing the lawn or something, then, you know, that's, uh, blame it on the rain. But honestly, do something. Take some action. Stop giving a shit about your inner voice that is almost self-harming you into sort of like a paralyzed state. Stop giving a shit about the views of others. And if you say it, are you going to be seen as, no, this person, or look how thick he is, or look how stupid that is, or what a stupid comment. Who cares about the opinions of these people? Get into it. Take some action for you. Ditch the voice in your head or try and mute it or try and make him a little bit or her a little bit more positive. I don't know, actually. Good question. My inner voice is a guy. I don't know whether... Do we all have the same sex inner voice as the person that we are? Maybe. Anyway, that's for another day. Stop worrying about the views of other people. Stop worrying about this little voice in your head and start becoming more action-orientated. Stop putting off all these great ideas that you've had. You are an amazing human being. Honestly, incredible. Completely original. Now, go and put those amazing ideas that you've got in play. Go and put some of those incredible actions forward. And most importantly, actually really enjoy the journey. The more you do, the more you learn, the more you fail, actually the happier you'll be. So use this as an opportunity to go and take more action. I believe in you. Everyone else believes in you, apart from that asshole voice in your head. But we're sorting them out. So go and do it. Go and have some fun and go and be epic. And ultimately, take more action.